Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. What's up, everyone? Josh Krieger, host Edge NFT Live at Econ in Indianapolis. Here with Nate Alex, business from Tennessee. Great to mix up with you and chat a little bit about what you're up to in the space, man. Why don't you kick it off by just introducing yourself and then talk about Chain Faces and the secret project if folks don't know some of the backstory on Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So yeah, I've been in the space pretty much since the beginning, trading NFTs when there was only $1,000 a week in volume. And what people think is dead now, now, like when I was around there, that's when it was dead. I have was mostly just a collector for a couple of years until I just really wanted to start making my own stuff. And that started in early 2020, made two projects in 2020 that were popular for the small crowds that existed at the time, the few pretty, hundred that people. Was a, that was still a very early time. I mean, it, things didn't mm-hmm. really pick up to what, like late 2020 with NBA late 2020, Top Shot. So yeah. yeah, Top Shot really was kind of, I think, the catalyst for bringing a lot of new people in. I launched another project early 2022 that was called Chainbase Arena, which was kind of maybe my most well-known project of the ones that I've made. And the basic idea was your NFTs could die in this arena game and then to make it a little juicier we put a few million dollars in the arena and the longer you survived in the arena the more money you could pull out from the arena oh and also the longer you survived in there your art piece would dynamically update with more scars because it earned them in the arena so like the inspiration for this i mean besides just being a really cool idea i mean you're into Gladiator, you played video games. Like, it makes sense to me, right? Like, I just played a little bit of NBA 2K the other day, and, like, you're throwing, you're trying to dunk the ball, you choose these cards, you get more and more prizes, but you could also die, and, of course, like, I was more likely to die because I want to earn the more prizes. It gets to a real... I guess, like primitive instinct in people, right? Like, where did it come from? So I remember telling a couple of people about the idea and they're like, you can't do that. You can't just kill people's NFTs if they're going to buy them from you. I was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> and I guess the idea was really more, it was very on the nose. So I think actually it would be super relevant in like a time like this of like shit coining where thing is very like PVP, things are very... Some people are going to make a lot of money. Some people are going to lose money. Some people are going to get nothing. And some people are going to make a little bit. And the arena was a proportional payout. So basically it started, there were a few million dollars in the pot and there were like 17,000 NFTs that entered. And some of them didn't enter because they didn't want to risk dying. Every day, random NFTs were dying. So the, the amount of people left in the arena shrinks. Well, now your proportional share of the pool is larger. You could leave at any time and you could take your small bounty now or you could wait for more people to die. Can you come back in or once you're out, you're out? Yeah, once you left, you're gone. You threw in the towel and we called you a coward and moved on. And I mean, so just constant, it lasted about a month and just constant every day people pulling out money. Last, the person who survived the longest, more than anybody pulled out like 180, 170,000 or something. And the person before that, for like 80,000. And, and was you know, there was, money left? I mean, where did the money? No, it all proportionally paid out over the course of a month. So the people in early day cowards were leaving with $30, $50 or whatever. 
the people who stayed the longest and who took the risk of surviving the longest. I guess the idea was sort of like a microcosm of the crypto degenerate yeah. space of like people making a lot of money, people making little money, people losing money, people losing everything. And that was kind of the whole showcase of the design. It was supposed to be kind of like an artistic commentary on all of that, I guess. Cool. Well, it's fascinating to me. I'm sure the winner went on to sign a UFC contract and, and <laughs> you know, is doing their thing now. But like fast forward to today, right? I noticed one of your recent Twitter posts talking about this dichotomy between tech heavy projects that don't have an audience and marketing heavy projects that don't have tech. This is not new. I've been in the space since 2017 and it feels like a little bit of deja vu in that sense. I mean, we try to feature on the show the projects that have both. And there are some of those, too, that, that are worth acknowledging. But what is the sort of behind that, do you think? Is it the, the Wild West nature of the origins of the crypto industry? Or do you think this is like a common trend in any emerging technology? Yeah, I think it is a common trend. I mean, I think when people like something, it makes more people like it. And that makes more people like it. And it just is a giant snowball. You can build the most deeply technical thing, the best thing to ever be built. Nobody knows about it. It doesn't matter. It's insignificant. And it is hard to balance that. You have two types of people that are great salesmen and you have great technical engineers and experts in that field. And they rarely collide. And that, I mean, for me, I'm decent at both. I'm not the best at either of them, but I think... A lot of people, they just don't, the people I know who are the best technical experts, they got 100 followers on Twitter. The people who have 200,000 followers on Twitter, they don't know shit about reading Etherscan. So there's a big, uh, and also Twitter, it favors people who have a lot of attention, who have a lot of clout. If you have 200,000 followers now, when the space blows up again, you're going to grow disproportionately compared to somebody with 100 followers who is the greatest technical expert in the space. And some of that is algo-driven. Some, I mean, some of it's just attentions. People who are great marketers are great at growing their brands. And if a lot of people know of something, there's not enough supply. It creates this appearance of, hey, there's a supply-demand mismatch here. That's a great investment versus the greatest technical person has 100 followers. They built something super cool. If you're going to buy it, you know, well, I'm never going to make any money on this. I'm just supporting them. They're not going to sell out 10,000. They only got 100 followers kind of thing. So I feel like a lot of the degen movement or side of crypto are smart people that really see the world two different ways at the same time. One with hope and optimism and the second with pragmatism and just humor. And I sort of want to look into the future of the space with both perspectives and get your thoughts. Like a year from now, what is your hopeful and optimistic perspective on where we'll be? First off, it's going to be like the same people who are here today. It's just going to be us until there becomes the snowball effect. There becomes kind of the media push. There becomes Bitcoin going to $50,000 and things that attract outside money into the space. And is, that, is that a year talent. from now with the halving coming up? Yeah, I mean, I hate to like make hard predictions, of course, but like the halving, I mean, it's been a very like consistent cycle. It's always been sort of the smoking gun at the start of the race. Everybody goes, time to bag hold and play this game hot potato again. And I kind of expect that to be, it doesn't happen immediately. The halving happens and it's not like the price goes 10X, but like 
people start to go, oh shit, like we're about to start this again. And as a whole, they generally are more holding than or buying than selling. And that creates the right market dynamics to start getting the price going in the right direction to start getting media talking about it. We're still in the hopeful, optimistic perspective. We'll get to this sort of other side, but there's been a lot of technology built over the last cycle to sort of support mass adoption, right? It's not like you can't buy things with a credit card now, you can. Mm. It's not like you can't onboard with an email link, you can. Mm. Premint was just on our show and has all sorts of cool ways that you can sort of authenticate without connecting your wallet, and so that's gonna reduce hacks. Does that give you additional optimism in terms of how easy it will be to onboard sort of towards the next bull market? Or are we going to face some more challenges and sort of confusion from the masses? A little bit of both, I guess. I mean, there definitely going to be confusion won't just go away. The UX is still really terrible. People will dive in and dig in and figure it out if they think they're going to get rich. I mean, that's if people hear about their one friend who dabbled and turned their thousand dollar portfolio into 10,000, they become, it's sort of like a multi-level marketing thing. But, at but that where, point. where but, does the purity of art and like the type of art that you've created fit into it? It naturally just becomes a thing. So I think of like, let's say punks, people talked about utility. They talked about what the founders are going to doing and what companies are going to build and all this bullshit really. And I look at punks, I look at like Larva Labs founders, they never promised anything. They Nobody who buys punks is like, where's the utility in my punk? Or nobody buys autoglyphs, thinks that. It's, it is a piece of art history. There is a sort of a historical art narrative that's underlying here that some projects that kind of get that, cater to that, build the right stories will be something you know, 50 years from now. It's one of the things, it's like, like chain faces, not that it necessarily will be one, but one of the designs is that everything is 100% on Ethereum. There's no server, there's no IPFS, nothing. So sort of like what people sort of refer to as immutability with ordinals. Exactly. And for me, it was really interesting to think about chain faces will be, when I'm dead, if Ethereum is still here, still be here. It'll be here in a thousand years. Like you're trying to build something that is art or that is sustainable. You don't want it to be oh, well, if this company goes under, they're just going to quit paying their servers and the, and the art is gone. Like that's, to me, it's not art, but it's just, it's a long process. It didn't happen overnight. There's a lot of brands that really legitimately just think, I made angry aardvarks and they pumped a two ETH and it's cool and it's not cool and nobody's going to give a shit in two years. And, but it takes time for people to learn and figure that out. I know that because I've been around since the beginning. I've seen the kind of projects that caught the attention when mania and media was talking about them. So it just depression cycles, a few projects that are cool, mania cycles, a few projects blow up, a lot of projects that don't deserve to blow up. And then back to the depression cycle and a few stragglers stick along. And over time though, the trend is more and more people are gonna participate in this economy. More and more cool art projects will be made. More and more cool use cases will be made. You have questions about blockchain? Like, how big of a block can you chain without throwing out your back? Or, have you received that chain letter? How did you block it? 
And does blockchain taste better, barbecued, or deep-fried? <laughs> Luckily, you don't have to ponder these quandaries alone anymore, because Blockchain Training Alliance is here to answer them, and also train you in real-world blockchain issues that will impact your business's bottom line and oriented future forward along the ley lines of the most important tech humanity has perfected since harnessing atomic energy. If you're into those sorts of things, Blockchain Training Alliance is a top leader in the field, counting among its clients IBM, Microsoft, Disney, Morgan Stanley, and many more, and offering a wide array of technical and non-technical courses. Whether you're a computer neophyte training for an incredible career in this new space, or a coding expert honing your skills, Blockchain Training Alliance will help you steer your ship home safely, filled with treasure. <laughs> Arg. So hurry and sign up for the Blockchain Training Alliance course that best fits your needs at blockchaintrainingalliance.com. Use discount code EDGEOF for 50% off and start your next block today. As a creator who's had some success in space and been around and who is critical of the projects that are, let's say, more empty, do you feel more pressure as you're sort of thinking about what you want to do next to do things that truly are at the edge in both sort of utility and artistic value? Yeah, it's actually been pretty challenging for me to to release something new. I built a project in the fall of last year, hired six artists, spent about $200,000 just getting all the pieces going, wrote a lot of smart contract code, and then just didn't get to the level that I felt like this is ready for my audience kind of thing. And then just had to just take it on the chin and scrap it. And then I built another project this year, the same didn't cost me a lot of money, but work went into it, time went into it and scrapped it as well. So I still am looking to make something that I think can be impactful and be interesting and be cool and hopefully show people like it's not just a picture on a token. It's not just this hot potato game. That is an element. It's a big element. It's a lot of money to be made in that. It's fun. It's cool, whatever. But that's like that's such a small piece of what this is going to be. And I want to be part of what it is gonna be, but early before most people get it and understand it. Even as like an NFT investor, I've been known for like, like a buying NFTs, six figure range that have not done well, me getting caught up in the hype and losing a lot of money. And, and I just make fun of it, make fun of myself on Twitter too, and realize the insanity of all of this. But I do know that this will just continue. I do know that like, some things will be not the Mona Lisa, but the same, the digital equivalent of that kind of stuff. That stuff will happen within this space. Well, well, definitely makes me enthusiastically curious about what's next for you. So we're at VCon. Ariana Huffington was just talking about sort of her recipe for happy life, which includes uh, managing stress. We're in an industry that there's no shortage of ups and downs and stress. And you've been through it. What's been your like stress coping approach and how has that sort of evolved over time and any insights there that you could share with folks that are like, wow, this industry is heavy. Yeah, it is deeply heavy. I mean, I 2022 major drawdown, like millions of dollars and a lot of self-reflection of this and going, thinking, oh, yeah, I, dude, I'm just going to keep making more and more money. I'm just, I'm set for life kind of thing. And then being like, Oh shit, like they can, it's fleeting more than people realize and you can lose that stuff. And the stress was super high for me, like coping is one thing that I think you get kind of drawn into the day-to-day -day of crypto. Like 
I need to be on Twitter every day. I need to keep up with every single thing that's happening every day, or I'm going to miss that opportunity to invest in Pepe and make a million dollars with $30. That's not true. Like, first off, you're not going to hit that lottery realistically. Most of that's insider. There's a lot of other shit going on. But also, when you need a break, when you're like overwhelmed, like you don't need to spend 24-7 in this space. For me, most of the biggest, most impactful things, they happen and burst, and then nothing happens most of the time. So you just have to try to find that balance. You got to not get like completely lost in this whole crazy digital casino, I guess. What do you do to chill out? What's your, like when you feel like adrenaline's pumping a little too high from the industry any recommendations that we can uh, share with the, our listeners i mean i like sports i like pickleball tennis nice. golf i'm in venice so anytime let's do it okay pickleball is really big over on i'm West not side. good but it's fine and I'm, somehow the like the web3 community has gotten pretty into pickleball right yeah I yeah I, I know they have like the thing going on here like yeah. i mean yeah it's, it's blowing up it's more popular in my city too and i, I don't know there's for me, it's just get outside, yeah, touch grass. Yeah, you know, it's get just, outside. Thing. Just, cool. Anything on your roadmap that you wanted to sort of point folks towards? So I don't have anything particularly like hard set in stone that will necessarily like come out this year. For me, I've got a number of things that are close that maybe with redesigns or re or tweaks or revisiting them and thinking through them again. I definitely want to make something, push something out that I think is cool. I hate to say that like the vast majority of the space just thinks about everything all wrong. I think when Chainbase Arena launched, there were absolutely people who went, I didn't even know you could do that with an NFT. Not that the impact was really long lasting. Not a lot of people tried. There were a few like clones and wannabe like revamps, but nothing is as big. And so, I mean, I guess to answer the question, I don't have anything definitely coming in the short term, but I absolutely intend on making something cool and publicly sharing it and hoping that it can get us on a different trajectory and in the nearest future, I guess. Nice, man. Well, thanks for spending a little time with us and folks can check out on Twitter at, at Nate Alex, right? Nate Alex NFT. Nate Alex NFT on Twitter and keep up with your ventures and commentary. So I appreciate you hanging out. Cool. Yeah. Hey there, NFT space cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio. And you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com.
That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole enchilada NFT service can help you, yes you Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. What's up, everyone? Josh here, co-host of Edge of NFT, live at VCon with the one and only Farouk. How you doing, man? Yo, yo, yo. How you doing? Ah, it's good, man. It's good. I see like we're two trains passing the night. I see you everywhere, but nowhere at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. It is true. But yeah, we're feeling great, man. VCon 2023. It's fun. It's a chance to chill. We catch up with old friends, make new friends. Love it here. So let's talk about Rug Radio. I appreciate what you do in the space and I think we're all sort of looking at media differently, right? The writing's on the wall. There's bankruptcies in traditional media. Like what compelled you to get Rug Radio going and where are you at now? Honestly, it was because it's a place, I think, that we can really empower creators and people to educate and entertain themselves around Web3, crypto and NFTs, but also at the same time, give the narrative back to the people that deserve it. And that is the creators and the network participants, right? It's people like you, people like me who create content, but people like y'all over there that consume on the other side of it. So that's what propelled, like, inspired me to start Rug Radio is that everyone's talking about decentralization, about crypto, about blockchain and the beautiful things about this technology. And I was like, well... I come from a media background, right? I've already been doing this for like 10 years. I was like, how do we apply this to that? And in came Rock Radio, and we're trying to build a true decentralized Web3 media ecosystem that's tokenized, that is governed by DAO. And here we are, what, 16 months after launch, 70 plus creators on the network, 40 plus shows, 17 person team. We just released our creator portal, so we have a whole tech stack coming out. So we're both a tech company and a media platform at the same time. And it's really cool to be able to do that. Yeah, that's dope, man. I didn't know you had that many creators at this point. A lot of good content coming out there. And how have you seen sort of the show diversity sort of taking place? Like you get more and more shows stacked on, there's probably more nuance to the type of content being created. What sort of trends and content have you seen on Rug Radio? Honestly, it's just so much different stuff. Like right now, for example, China's killing it. Like Rug Radio China is fully in Mandarin. It's 30,000 members, 10,000 live streamers, a show on Binance Live, killing it. Rug Radio Friends. Much smaller crowd, but in turn, but very big in terms of like the depth of how of the people that we're working with there. And then you have what my type of content, the daily topical news show. Like the beautiful thing when you build decentralized media and decentralized brands in Web3 is that when you empower individuals within the network to build on top of something, which is Rug Radio and its network, <laughs> there's no limits to how much it can grow. Yeah. Right? Like I was just talking to two Rock Radio creators out there earlier. Another guy came and said, like, yo, I have a show on your network. I'm like, that's sick. No, it's actually your network, right? Then you have my team that's going around. It's just like, it gets so big at some point that you just can't really stop it. And that's what I really like about it. Yeah, it's fun. It's bigger than any one individual or... Correct. It's bigger right. than I can ever be. And this is why I started it. So from a thematic perspective, are people get into like random stuff like sports, culture, fashion, AI? Like what are some of the interesting shows that have popped up? So we're doing sports now with Buster and our partners at SoRare, which is super cool. So we have the sports focus show. We have more coming up very soon. We're going to gaming next week. So I'm excited for that. We're going to do a lot more gaming content and focus because that's obviously a huge use case for Web3 and next wave. And then we're going to fashion. So I like to build on different verticals that way yeah. and then also different regions and countries. So that's what I'm super bullish on. So at some point, I mean, Rug Radio's content, 
it stems out of Web3 crypto blockchain culture, but it doesn't have to be about that. You, for what it's worth, you could have a cooking show one day on YouTube, but it's powered by Rug Radio, right? So that's what I'm trying to get to. I love it, man. And anything coming up on the roadmap that you can talk about that yeah, you're I mean, excited about? We released a tech roadmap a couple of weeks ago. So we just launched a creator portal. That was a promise we set for Q3. So we launched a little before that. We have the marketplace coming next week with our reward store and program on there. It's just super cool, proprietary, of course. And by the end of this year, we're launching the core content app, which is an aggregator of all content within Web3 in one spot, right? Because that's the need. Like people ask me all the time, where do I learn more about Web3, crypto? This I will do. Like, I have to send people to 20 different things, even if I still listen to Rock Radio, but which one, right? Well, what if it's on one spot? So that's what's coming next. I love it. Well, I'm excited and good to hang with you. We'll see you around for sure. Yeah, and, thank uh, you for everything. Thanks yeah. for the support, always. Yeah, man. It's always great to support other content creators. And I think with all of us doing what we're doing in this space, media is going to evolve. It has to. It's not going to... Nope. Ours, yeah. Media's bull bear, up down, media's media. Okay, we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs today. Thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us, and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.